right, guys. Uh, welcome to Worship Culture. Uh, so excited to be here with Naveen Thomas. I think most of you should know him, or you'll get to know a little bit more about him <laughs> this yeah. time around. So welcome, Naveen. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Yeah. Um, I've been planning this for a while and got to ask you, I think, a couple weeks back. So it's good that we're actually doing it. <laughs> I'm glad we're finally doing this. It's good. Yeah, cool. Um, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't like doing too much of introductions, but to keep the introduction simple, my name is Naveen. I kind of, I play music uh, professionally. I play with a whole bunch of artists in base out of Bangalore. Um, and I've been um, involved with Face to Face Foundation. I've been doing, uh, playing for worship there. And uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. All right. Very humble musician, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, all right, let's just start with this. Uh, can you just share a little bit about your personal journey, like maybe just your upbringing uh, all the way through college? Yeah, I I was born in a Christian family, um, and I think a lot of us, a lot of people in church actually are born in Christian families, and then you get brought up with the entire culture of going to church mm -hmm. and yeah. and doing the Christian things. And yeah. But I think... For me, one of the biggest things for me was really finding a relationship. I think that was always key for me, um, mm. and and really, really to connect and, and like I was always the kid that asked the questions. I, like, if everyone believed something, I was like, okay, cool, you're believing it, but why do you believe it? Yeah. And I always and I think it's it. I think there's. I think as a child, I always used to ask those questions. I remember when I was really young, uh, it was I was always curious to know more about God and. I, I got saved when I was eight years old. I remember going wow. for a church service and and the pastor was talking. I felt a very deep connect with with my love for God and like I wanted to commit my life to Him. And mm. I I made that prayer when I was about eight years old. And I think that year, the next year, I got water baptized and I got um, uh, had my infilling with the Holy Spirit also the same year. So when I was about wow. nine, so that. All Thank that happened you. when I was nine. That was amazing. That yeah. year was just great and it just felt good. And for me, I'd wake up in the morning saying, good morning, Lord. How are you doing? I'm wow. having a great day. That was me. But the reality of life is a very different thing, right? Um, yeah. I think I woke, I think a year later, you go through life and uh, not a year later, a few weeks later, you go yeah. through life and, and you get hit with uh, rejection and you get hit with uh, the need to fit in in school. Um, and I never really like I, I grew up in Kerala and I was brought up by my mom and my mom's parents. Yeah. And moved to Bello and that's where I did most of my schooling. And when I, when I moved to Bangalore in my fourth grade, I really felt like I didn't belong. Wow. Right. And the only place where I felt I belonged was with God. Right. Mm. But there was this need to fit in. But like I said, I'm not. I was never going to do something to fit in with other people. But I, I missed really fitting in because in school. In Velo, I really felt like I connected with people. Yeah. People were simple. They, life was simple. Bangalore was so much more complicated <laughs> for me when I moved to Bangalore. Of course. And I really never felt I fit in. And I think the beauty about God was I really, I think at that point of time, I thank God for my my faith at that point of time because it carried me through that journey hmm. of where I just said, I don't care about what people think about me. I'm still, I still did feel the lack of not really fitting in. Hmm. But I said, I think it's a really weird thing. I, I was chatting with somebody the other day and said, when you don't, when when you're with God, then that's that's enough. 
like the yeah. other things do bother you but they do not consume you yeah and i think because i was so involved with church and and i was really involved with church at that point of time like it didn't really bother me that i had a lot of my friends were like 15 20 years older than me so wow. uh, so <laughs> it never really bothered me much but um my journey with music actually started around maybe a couple of years after that when i was about 10 11 my grandmom decided that this boy needs to uh do some music mm-hmm. so they got me an acoustic guitar um nice. and I still have that guitar battered upstairs but wow. uh and it's battered for a reason because the guitar classes she put me through with um uh, one of our friends from church who was a really quite a noted guitar teacher at that point mm-hmm. of time um lasted a month and he told Tara and told my mom this guy's the worst student I've ever had <laughs> he just like it just never resonated with me I think I wanted to sing at that point of time and I had a terrible voice so that also mm-hmm. didn't work so my grandparents i think were very dejected they said <laughs> this we like there was all, there was a de- decent amount of music they all liked music they all could yeah. sing but this boy can't sing can't play any instrument so it was quite interesting um but i think i wanted to play the drums i think much to their disdain uh i wanted to play the drums and they said oh god he got the noisiest instrument so <laughs> the pastor of the church made a deal with me he said naveen if you come into church every saturday and put out the chairs in church we mm. somebody will come and teach you so i remember going every day every saturday to church and i used to go and help out at church as well and they had a bookstore and used to go help mm. out i would go across to church um on saturday evenings and put out put out the chairs and clean the chairs and put out the sound equipment and mm. but and i did that for many years and I, unfortunately i didn't don't think anybody really taught me anything mm. i just learned how to go <laughs> set up chairs and do it faster uh but i think like in hindsight i think that all adds up for some, to something yeah. um i think in my 11th grade like so what happened to the acoustic guitar i i got i did that one month of classes the teacher went he said navin's the worst student i've ever had navin was extremely happy he left because he could use the guitar as a cricket bat because my grandparents oh, refused to to get me a cricket bat so i'm the only child right i don't have any siblings mm. so and my grandparents were very strict growing up so what i would do is stand in the garage throw a ball against the the wall take the guitar and hit the hit wow. the ball and and that's why my guitar is battered and it's in a state <laughs> it is in our state uh all right don't try this at home don't try it at home uh especially if you have an expensive guitar <laughs> uh i think that really that was my that was my music and in school which is clarence school which i studied in mm. um they didn't they used to have uh like a cultural program that would happen once a year mm-hmm. and i think i played for two cultural programs because the choir director said can why don't you come and play uh, acoustic guitar for the thing mm-hmm. so initially i thought wow i know two chords they're calling me to play yeah. then i realized they didn't really need me to play so for culture for a cultural program we would land up uh playing but none of our guitars would be tuned to each other they wouldn't be tuned per se uh and not none of the guitars would be mic'd so we mm-hmm. were just like a gimmick at the back of the stage just to just playing but yeah and that that was my intro, my introduction to doing something musical on stage i never really went up on stage other than that yeah. i was just not the i was the least musical person in the family least musical person in the class i did love listening to music that's the mm. one thing i loved to and i really thought music was it helped me really articulate what i couldn't really ever say with words it helped me articulate mm. that so much better and feel that better oh. but my music really started 
in my 11th and 12th grade when I started playing drums because I could really connect with groove and really and rhythm. And and I think it was an interesting phase for me that entire season because it was the season that I that got really built discipline in and just the ability to just enjoy music and enjoy mm. um, serving in church. And I did a lot of that at that point of time. But I think when I finished my 12th grade is the year that it like I really got affected. Because I finished my 12th grade, I got decent marks. I didn't get admission to any college that I applied for. Mm. And it was the worst because I and I'm not the kind who will apply for 500 places. I will look at the five specific places I want to apply for and mm. I'll apply there. And I didn't get there. We knew people in those organizations. We wrote to them and they said, sorry, we can't do anything about it. Mm. Uh, and it was the year that was the most dejecting for me because I remember at that point of time, I was like, God, if I'm your child, yeah. how do I get to a place where I've done whatever I need to do well. I've done stuff in church. I've, mm. I've been good at whatever I've done. But I don't have admission into a single place. Like, and not that I have bad, not that I failed. It's not like yeah. I have bad marks. I have good marks, but I've not gotten anywhere. And, and this is the one thing I always keep saying about the year. It's like it's always in the in the time of your greatest disappointment that God really pulls a masterstroke out. And I mm -hmm. think it was in, in that year where I did no music. At, like when I, I had no work. Like all my friends would go to college, mm -hmm. and I would be stuck at home and I had nothing to do is the year I started playing acoustic guitar. Yeah. I picked up the acoustic guitar a lot more and started playing it. And I got up. And I think God has got a way of orchestrating stuff. Because sometimes when he starts stuff, he creates opportunities mm. for things to happen in yeah. your lives. Um, and I think the one thing that I had at that point of time is started playing acoustic guitar. And started, and people said, hey, Naveen, you can play. You, you're a drummer by background, so you can play. So you know, you have good sense of rhythm. Mm. But... Can you play acoustic guitar? You can play a few chords. Can you just strum and hold tempo? Mm. And that's how I started playing acoustic guitar. Mm. And over those years, that that one year, I did a lot of acoustic guitar playing. Um, and it, it was actually very instrumental in the next step, step as well. It was instrumental in setting me up to go to college in Madras, mm. which, which is MCC Madras, where I studied Madras Christian College. A um, couple of the... There was a group that came from MCC and and played for a program where I played for as well. Mm. Uh, and I got to chat with them and they said, oh, you played you play guitar pretty recently. And I said, oh, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. Mm. That conversation finished. And uh, the backstory is I tried applying to MCC Madras as well that mm. the past year, which was the last resort because I didn't think the thought of going to Chennai and living in that heat drove me now. They said, no, I'm not going to go to Chennai. But... Uh, my granddad's brother had Sorry, studied Chennai MCC. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, but I fell in love with Chennai after that. That's the second start of the story. But uh, my granddad's brother had studied there. Lots of family had studied there. And the, I went there and they had already closed admissions. And they're pretty tight with their deadlines. They say, once you've passed our admission deadline, we're not going to admit anybody else. And I didn't get admission. That, that That's the year I didn't get admission at all. That, and MCC was my last straw. And that also didn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next year when I had to apply, uh, the cutoff for Madrasas in college was about 15% higher than any of the Bangalore colleges that I applied for. Mm. So I was just like, yeah, uh, if I apply there, I don't think the likely, I didn't get here. What's the likelihood of me getting in over there? 
But it was incredible. I had a chat with these boys uh, at MCC and they said, hey, we will talk to our choir director and we'll we'll talk to the principal. And because you do a lot of stuff, you play sports, you mm. do music. We can, MCC likes people who do, who do different things, mm. not just one specific thing. So I said, yeah, yeah, all trying to be nice. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But um, the choir director did have a chat and I, I got in into MCC, which is ranked number two in the country for business that I had studied. The college I was applying to in Bangalore was maybe 220th or something. And just to recap, the funny thing about how God orchestrates stuff, and and it's not just once. I, you see that happen. Mm. I've seen that happen in my life in multiple points of time. It doesn't go according to your plan. It yeah. goes according to the plan that God does. And for me, the entire journey like has always been when I'm always in a place where I know things and when I don't know things, I always go up to God and say, God, mm. how do I do this? I th I've always been the guy who would like, I'd walk in, before I even apply for a job, I'd say, God, is that where you want me to apply? I would, mm. When I go for the application, when I go for the interview, I would say, God, uh, is this where you really want me to be? How do you want me to deal with them? How do you want me? Like for me, that's, I think the key is for me has always been growing up and I think that's what my family also taught me. It's always put God in the center of everything you want to do, not just your problems, yeah. even the things you want to do. It's always mm -hmm. try and put God in the middle of it. Wow. And it's the one thing that I've always tried to do mm -hmm. is, and tried to do being the operator <laughs> word. And there are times when you, you want so many things yourself and then you put your, your, mm -hmm. your wants in and say, and it's not a bad thing to put your want in, but um, there's always a selfish motive behind it. And I think, mm -hmm. God's always dealing with the motive behind why you do stuff. Mm. Uh, so, MCC for me was that story of God orchestrating through that disappointment, yeah. not just to get into a college that was was a stepping stone for what I had to do next, mm. but it was also a place through which God built the music that had to happen right oh. after. Okay. And that was the entire journey through to college. And I, my music took off in college, and I started playing wow. more with people in college. I started playing guitar. Uh, my second year, I played my first lead guitar solo, and by the third year of college, I was playing more solos and, wow. and picking stuff up. But I think I was exposed to musicians who played really, really well, mm. and it tend to, it just rubbed off on me. I think mm. I was really blessed to be able to play. Uh, in fact, I, I had a cousin of mine who looked at me and said, Naveen, like you know, your music's only surviving because these guys are really great. <laughs> and and the irony was, I sat back and said. Yeah, but how did God make me land up playing with such really mm. incredible musicians? Yeah. And then I realized it wasn't about my musical ability. It was just mm. about the fact that I, would, I could just learn to trust God yeah. in the situation. Then I went through a, some interesting phases in college. I had student Christian movement turn around and ah, tell me, Naveen, you, can't, you have to choose. You either play with them or you play with student Christian movement. Mm. And, and this is the funny thing that I always do. If someone, like even when my main band in college asked me to, to play for, for them, mm. I said, hey, you know what? That's really great. Uh, can I just get back to you in a couple of days and confirm? Mm. Because I wanted to go back and pray about it. I yeah. didn't want to just say, yeah, no. Because for me, it was a big step. It's like, I'm playing music that's not really Christian. I've grown up in a Christian atmosphere. I've done predominantly Christian music. It feels right, but I want to still pray about it and have God really speak to mm. me about it and say, this is the right thing. So I was just like, okay, you know what? My mom came back and said, you know what? You pray and you make the decision and trust God to help you make the right decision. Mm. I went and I had so much peace about it. I prayed very strongly about it and said yes, and I started playing with them. And I think about three months later, SEM caught me and said, Naveen, choose between them and us. Mm. 
I said, let me go back and pray about it. Hmm. And the funny thing is, I came back and I felt like I said, like I felt that was the right thing. I was, I knew that God had hmm. put me there for a reason. And I went back to SEM and told them, sorry, I'm going to keep playing with, with yes. the regular band. And I got banned from every SEM program after that. <laughs> and it, it was really hard for me because I was just like, I grew up in church. That's my family. Hmm. The Christian community is oh. my family, but they're not going to allow me to play. They're not going to allow me to be there. Mm. Like, like suddenly you're playing every, you're playing all the time. They say we don't want you because you play with somebody who, who mm. is, you play yeah. non-Christian music outside. And for me, that was like it didn't make sense. And and I was really, in hindsight, I'm really glad that happened mm. because it made me think and say, what? There's a difference between Christian and sacred. Mm. Right? Uh, for me, what God wants and what is a good thing is very different. Mm. I can go do good things, but I can do a godly thing, and that's a different. A godly thing is being in tune with what God wants you to do. Yeah. And that's different from necessarily a good thing. Mm. Right? Uh, a a good thing is morally like a good thing can be morally coddling your kid, but uh, or loving your kid all the time, and yeah. when he makes this mistake, saying you're great, you're amazing, that's a good thing. You're yeah. helping build the kid's confidence. But a godly thing is also disciplining him, saying that's, yeah. that, that's wrong. And I think the choice between the good and the godly is something that for Christians and as believers yeah. is one thing that we will always struggle with. It's not really black and white. Yeah. So I think the key is to really, for me, was really to be able to separate the good and the godly and, and mm. make the choices God wanted me to make. Not necessarily what was the right what everybody thought was the right thing yeah. but it's the ability to go back to God and say God what do you want me to do in this situation oh. because I live in the world I don't live in the church mm. I live in the world and I need God's grace to help me make the decisions in the world yeah. and and that was one thing that I was always going to go back and say and, and I think that was great because it also taught me how to interact with people and just mm. college has made me come out of my shell from being, being this really quiet mm. shy kid to being this really well. talkative Opinionated right. kid. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's a good segue. Who has been your greatest critic and who has been your greatest encourager? I am normally my worst critic. Oh. Uh, I am my worst <laughs> critic. Uh, the other person who can, like, if you know me well enough, you realize that I prefer people who are on, like, upfront and tell mm -hmm. you stuff straight up than yeah. people who will try and m make sarcastic comments at the back and will not approach the subject directly mm. or they'll try and by bypass and run around in circles i'm yeah. like get to the point right <laughs> and my mom's pretty much the person who is normally very upfront and she mm. would come and say you know what like that's something you can work you should work on this is something that you could work on and so she's been she's been my biggest uh, uh, source of encouragement and also my the person that things that I miss out on, mm. she helps me look at, look at things very differently as well. So I get okay. a different point of view. And I think that's that's been really good because uh, over the years, as a family, like she would probably come back and say, hey, you know what? I think you're getting distracted. Mm. And for me at that point in time, I'll probably argue for a little while, but I would always be this kid who probably argue in that spur of the moment. Mm. But then I'll quietly go back to my room and think about it. So why did she say that? Mm. Am I getting distracted? And then I'll look back and look back and say, okay, in the last few months, how have I done things mm. differently? Is my focus going off? And I love the fact that people can be honest with you. Mm. Wow. And, so you and talked of friends as well. And some of my yeah. closest okay. friends. Cool. You talked that uh, thing age eight, right? Yeah. You got saved. Um, 
after that, when was that defining moment where you were like, okay, I really understand what that meant and what it means to hold on to God? So I grew up without a dad, hmm. right? For me, when I got saved, it changed my life massively. Hmm. It changed the way I did everything in my life. Not just that, it went right up to... I think I got rebellious when I was about 16, 17. Mm-hmm. That's a different story altogether. But, uh, but right, through call, right through school, God was front and, front and center. Mm-hmm. And in whatever I do, whatever I, I try and think through, which is really odd to a lot of people. They're just like weird kid. Like, yeah. like he just does. But it's, it's been the feature of my life. Even now, when someone says, Naveen, can you do this? Uh, I will say, yeah, great, sounds great. But can I get back to you? And I will mm-hmm. try and go back and... Um, so much so that I think I, I had to make a call a few years ago where I turned around and said, I'm really clear about what God wants me to do. These things I will say yes to. Mm. These things I'll pray about. Mm. Right? So one of the, And that's something I learned very, very early in, mm. in my life is just to be able to, to go to God with all things. And for me, it was, it was that formative years between 8 and what, 14, 15, yeah. which was that constant place where I kept learning stuff from church and stuff wow. about God and okay. it was that process of growth right through wow, so cool so it, well, I can't say there's one defining yeah moment. one defining it was a full oh, set of many so years cool. of um, how would you define worship and uh, what does that look like in your daily life yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay it's all it's different for all of us yeah so for me worship is everything to do with my lifestyle and a lot of people say worship is music and I say worship music is also a part of worship mm. but worship isn't music yeah. I worship God with the way I invest my time I worship God with the way I invest my money I worship God with uh, the things I say yeah. I worship God with just if if God is a, a part of my life in everything mm. I can't compartmentalize him into one one particular mm part or role if he's a part of everything that I in my life then everything in my life has to be worship yeah. um, and that's for me how worship works it's if God was with me as I sit with my friends as I eat my meal yeah. as I practice my guitar as I watch TV as I go out to play a game is he, if he's a part of all we used to wear these bands when I was really young said what would Jesus do yeah. right yeah. for me is what would Jesus do and how would I interact with him mm. when I'm doing all the activities I do in life? Mm, wow. yeah. That for me is worship. Mm. Wow. Because relationship is, is to a And mm. worship is an integral part of relationship. And it's how do you give God that reverence? How do you give them that, wow. that love in the middle of everything that you do? Yeah. Are you mindful of God through everything? Is, are, you, are you even uh, at a place where he can talk to you can, is your heart soft enough to have him speak to you when you're traveling down the road and you see a person in need? Mm. Or, and I, you realize that if, if, if God's in the center of your life and you, you're always talking to him, mm. um, that's where I want to be. That's my journey of where I want to be. I'm not that by a long stretch, but I'm, that's yeah. my thing. Saying God, everything mm. I do, I want that to be. And that's why for me, true worship is when every part of my life yeah. Uh, rings with wow. God. So cool. For me, that's worship. Okay. 
um so how do you or when or how did you get to that point where you're like music is not just a passion but it's a calling like how did you figure out that that was your calling i think that wasn't really that's something i figured out very very early i think when i started playing music right in college when i made that choice to do non christian music mm-hmm. i think god this is really really weird but if i'm doing this mm-hmm. but i'm playing music that is not in church so i'm not going to call it non christian music yeah. worship songs in worship to god that is not played in church yeah. right then all that music you're calling me to play in a place that doesn't have any christians in a place probably where they'll serve alcohol and people are drunk and people are doing all kinds of crazy things mm-hmm. you're calling me to play there and and i felt god was saying me that's why he tell me that's where i need to be and i said okay then if i need to be there then you need to walk before me my call, my point to god is always be very simple i will walk wherever you want me to go mm-hmm. just walk before me yeah and because i don't have the strength or the grace to be able to deal hmm. with a lot of these situations because i don't have the technically i don't think i'm a really good like i know so many musicians are 100 times better than me hmm. right and it it's but for me my music and what god's done through the music is so precious for me because i realize it's beyond my ability hmm. it has to do with what god has what god really paves ahead of you yes. so for me thing about calling has always been right from the start when i realized my music is not about me it's about what god wants to do hmm. and wherever he wants me to go to play yeah wow so and that for me has has been my calling right from the start hmm. so if it means i will play for two people that's great if it means i play for 10000 people that's great if it's 50000 people that's great if it means if i go for a show and someone says he's the worst guitar player in the world that's great someone says he's the best guitar player in the world that's great nothing mm-hmm. really matters yeah. because the music is not my own yeah. my identity is not my music mm. my identity is who i am in god yeah. and that's the journey i fight with that's the journey i struggle with and because worship is a part of everything i do yeah. that's the bigger fight it's not whether someone dis- determines how good navin is musically or yeah. not that's inconsequential my worship to god is partly with music and god yeah. is using that in different spheres If God says Navin I want you to put the music down at some point of time yes it's going to be hard because music's a huge part of what I do and yeah. I and I have to learn something brand new and try and do something differently but if that's what God's calling me to do mm. he goes before me yeah. I go well. and that's the thing about calling is always saying God yeah. I don't care where you've called me I don't care what you want me to do mm. you walk before me yeah you say come I will come yeah and that's the thing about calling wow um so i think most of us or i think even from testimonies and just people that i know uh when it's something from god it's always you know seems to be harder than it should be <laughs> right so how how has this journey been for you in your like especially with your calling has it been like a sweet ride or it's been hard were there days that you were like i should just give this up i don't think i'm cut for this or you're like you know god do something you know do something else with me you know so have you ever been in that place or very often mm. uh it's not so remember when you have no control over anything mm. it's really hard place to be at it's a place yeah. where the world always tells like you're always expected to be in charge of your situation always expected mm. to be on top of everything you have great you have planned for everything so when i worked for a while i was good with making five year plans three year plans say i want to do this and this and this So there was a part where the music went really smoothly and there was a part when music was really hard to do mm. 
because when music becomes your full sustenance and that's what you're doing um there's a time when the music will drop mm. it's not it doesn't die it drops and you're used to a certain level of intensity and that intensity drops for everybody else it's still fantastic mm. but for you it's a massive step down from where it used to be mm. and it gets hard because you're not now you're like okay my revenue has dropped i'm not making enough money from the music i'm not i'm not playing as much as i used to god what are you doing mm. and it's absolutely incredible to see that if you're doing the journey by yourself and the more you try and find fight it by yourself mm. you're going to get worked out mm. and you're going to be exhausted but the more you're going to learn to trust god yeah. and that's what i've learned and the what i've learned over the years is the more you try and control your success the mm. more you think your ability to play and do music and be heard is based on your network mm. your ability to hear is based on your voice yeah. your ability to be able to worship is based on your instrument be a good steward of it yes yeah. but your ability to get somewhere is based on on how i can do 100 things um when it fails it'll destroy the fiber of your being wow the key of it is just to realize my job is to work on my call to the best of my ability mm. success is god given so if he needs to create provision for it it won't be the way i want it mm. it won't be the way i've perceived it but he will never let me go and there's something he's doing in the background that's teaching you something so i went through this crazy phase where the music had died down lots of stuff had like gone really bad and like i was just sitting back and saying okay god there's no music there's no work there's nothing mm-hmm. how am i going to provide for home and and there are times you'll realize god does not say too much mm-hmm. that and and i think that's a process of god being it's about you really really just finding rest i think for me the best story of that is just really about jesus with the disciples in the ship mm. and there's a storm yeah and i think that was god's thing to me was right through saying that it's not that i have never been through storms before remember the a lot of the disciples of fishermen yeah they've been in the sea before they've seen storms before they panicked right so jesus turned around and said like why are you guys panicking i'm here right mm. why are you panicking and i saw that in my life I've gone through storms before. I've seen that one year prior before I went to college where everything was a mess and how God created something beautiful out of it. I see multiple times of that in my life. But every time I go through this, I and every time I'm I lose control, I panic. Yeah. And I'm just like, God, what's happening? Like I know where to to, to figure this mm. out. But I keep and the one thing God's been reminding me and constantly working on and God is continue to to show up. It's like when you learn to rest in the middle of your storm trusting that god is in control he is the lord of the storm yeah you find the most incredible rest and you learn how to just relax and and let god do some incredible stuff through that mm-hmm. and that's the thing about calling when things get hard it's been incredibly hard mm-hmm. uh there are so many times i wanted to give up and say god i i can't do this it's just like really really hard but the one thing god reminds me about all the time is who brought you here yeah. i said you how are you here you who's going to fix this you mm. wow. sit back in this it's hard it's the one that you fight with every day yeah. because it makes me lose control but i think i entire walk in life as a christian is being less of me being in control and more of god being in control oh wow. amen to that yeah. <laughs> amen all right so um you've been through this crazy journey 
And the rumor is that you're not uh, single anymore. <laughs> so, uh, is there something uh, that you want to share? What is happening? Is it a match made in heaven? <laughs> match made in heaven is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's an incredible story because I think especially over the last decade, as once you pass 30, everybody does that and says, oh, Naveen, yeah. you're crossing 30, you're not married, what is this? All right, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, join us next week to listen to the rest of this conversation. Thank you, guys.